We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. we go episode 728 of the Al Galdi podcast it is Wednesday December 27th 2023 hope that you had a nice Christmas hope that you are having a nice Kwanzaa Uh, this is our first show since Christmas since Monday and we still do not know who the commander's starting quarterback is. Uh, now, <laughs> I'm not even sure that that matters anymore, but head coach Ron Rivera off-benching quarterback Sam Howell in favor of the QB2, Jacoby Brissett, in the 30-28 loss at the New York Jets on Sunday afternoon. On Christmas Eve afternoon, did not announce a starting quarterback decision during a press conference on Tuesday afternoon, though Ron did say that he'd have something for us on Wednesday. Hello and welcome to this Wednesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. No podcast or show covers the commanders and the rest of Washington, D.C. area sports like this podcast does. We are with you even during this holiday week. It is great to have you with us. And we next segment will have commanders insider Ben Standing of The Athletic with us. So I'll first take you through with Rod Rivera on Tuesday afternoon afternoon had to say about the struggling Sam Howell and about this starting quarterback decision. And we'll then have a lengthy chat with Ben about the quarterback situation, including what is going on with Sam Howell and whether there is a point to starting Jacoby Brissett with the commanders 4-11 and 11 in this 2023 NFL regular season and with the commanders currently tracking toward getting the number three overall pick in the 2024 NFL Draft. Additionally, Ben is going to tell us about his intel and outlook on the expected Commander's General Manager search. Who will be running Commander's football operations beyond this season? I'll then hit on a variety of other Commander's items, including an old face who is back with the team. Lots of good Commander's Conversation is coming up. Also on the show, the Wizards, our Wizards, our tanking Wizards, a 127-119 loss to the Orlando Magic at Capital One Arena on Tuesday night. And I will talk Virginia Tech football, a Goldilocks preview and pick 
For the Hokies Bowl game, we have Tech versus Tulane in the Military Bowl at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland on Wednesday afternoon at 2. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. I love some of the feedback that I've received regarding all of you who are in on Operation Loseout, the quest for the Commanders to lose the rest of their games this season. A quest that has our team entering Week 17 with the number three overall pick in the 2024 NFL Draft. Email from Stanley Evans of the loss at the Jets, a game in which the Commanders, of course, were down 20-0 in the second quarter and 27-7 at the half, but also a game in which the Commanders scored 21 consecutive points in the second half, and then finally a game in which Greg the Leg, <laughs> Jets kicker Greg Zerline, our hero, connected on a 54-yard field goal for a 30-28 Jets lead with five seconds left in the fourth quarter. Right, Stanley? Hope you and yours had a great Christmas and had plenty of spiked eggnog and celebrated like we did when Greg the Leg saved the Washington fan base. Never have I ever cheered for a loss like I just did. (laughs) Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you, Stanley. Same to you. Email from Dr. CCB writes the doctor. Well, The results were exactly what we wanted, but I just have to say that this team is a straight-up blooper reel. If I hadn't seen the game for myself, I wouldn't believe it. And look at the mindset of this team. Casey Tuhill recovers a fumble off a bad snap, not handled by Trevor Simeon, and then... The skins run down to the end zone to strike poses. Hey, dude, y'all are losing 20 nothing. Really? SMH. Again, don't get me wrong. I'm very happy for the loss, uh, as I am happy for our draft position improving. Although the skins did cost me $150 because I had skins eight, jet seven on my pool sheet. <laughs> Thank you for the email, Dr. CCB. Email from Kendall Coates, writes Kendall, the Jets who can't even score a dime bag of weed, scored 30 points (laughs) against our beloved Mandos. SMH. Uh, Thank you for the email, Kendall. A whole lot of SMHing going on. Hey, the commander's terrible defense came through for us when we needed that terrible defense to come through most. Uh, Email from Rob on my son and on the commander's. Writes Rob, happy holidays to you and your family. Is your son still into the landscaping stuff? Also, our Super Bowl season is upon us. Just a few weeks away. We need you at the top of your game. Thanks for your hard and great work. Uh, Well, thank you for that, Rob. I appreciate that. Uh, Yes, happy holidays to you and your family. And yes, my six-year-old son is still very much into landscaping, lawnmowers, leaf blowers, trimmers, all of that. Uh, He helps me whenever I do the landscaping for our house, and he makes me video landscaping work being done at other houses in the neighborhood. In other words, he gets mad at me if he finds out that there was landscaping work being done in the neighborhood while he was at school and I didn't video the work. He's like Bill Belichick or Jim Harbaugh when it comes to landscaping. We're going to have a Spygate scandal, a sign-stealing scandal in our neighborhood uh, regarding landscaping. And no doubt, our Super Bowl season is coming. The second that this commander's dreadful season ends with hopefully a loss 
to the Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field on January 7th. Our Super Bowl season gets going, my friends. The massive change for football operations for our team will begin. The firings will begin, and the firings will lead to hirings that hopefully do us a lot of good. You know, this may sound overly dramatic, but this coming January just may be the most important January for our team since January 1992 when the team won its last Super Bowl title. I'm serious. Name me a more significant, consequential January for the Redskins slash Washington football team slash commanders since January 1992 than this coming January. Well, the great law firm of Paulson and Nace knows all about the significance and consequences for you or someone who you care about being harmed by the negligence of someone else. Paulson and Nace has won millions of dollars for clients and was just named as part of U.S. News and World Report's Best Law Firm's 2024 edition. Paulson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm that handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Call 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace fights for victims of all kinds of situations, including victims of errors made during diagnosis, during surgery, or with medication, victims of injuries caused by dangerous medications or medical devices, as well as defective auto parts, victims of accidents involving cars, trucks, bikes, or motorcycles, victims of deceptive trade practices and false advertising, heck, victims of shady lawyers. If your attorney acts in bad faith, is unethical in his or her counsel, or is negligent in his or her work, you could have a claim for legal malpractice. Paulson and Nace has represented corporate clients throughout the region. Attorneys Chris Nace and Matt Nace, they are experienced trial attorneys who are not afraid to take cases to trials, and that's because Paulson and Nace wins trials. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wronged but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit paulsonandnace.com. That's paulsonandnace.com. Just don't forget to tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, if you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Hey, please consider following the podcast if you're not already doing that. Following the podcast is free. If you have an iPhone, you can follow the podcast simply by tapping the plus sign in the upper right corner on the page listing the recent episodes of this podcast. So we on Wednesday expect to find out whether Commander's head coach Rod Rivera is benching quarterback Sam Howell and moving to Jacoby Brissett as the team's QB1. Ron off the team's 30-28 loss at the New York Jets on Sunday afternoon. It did not do a day after the game press conference on Monday afternoon due to Monday being Christmas. He did do a press conference on Tuesday afternoon, but this was Ron on there being no announcement of a QB1 decision. For the most part, 
Everybody was off yesterday. Uh, coaches had some time off. Um, players are off. They are, they are off today as well. I'm going to work through a couple things with EB a little bit later on today, and uh, we'll have something tomorrow for you guys. All right. Rod Rivera, during his postgame press conference on Sunday afternoon, to me, sounded like he, at the very least, was leaning toward if not had already made up his mind on benching Sam Howell as a starting quarterback in favor of Jacoby Brissett. This was Ron on Tuesday afternoon on what have you seen from Sam lately? I think it's um, right now you watch him and he's trying to make the perfect play. Um, I, I think he's reading a little bit more into some of the things that he sees out there. And I think he's just, he's just got to settle in and, 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 and trust what he's seeing initially and, 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 and stick with the offense. What about the idea that Sam Howell is struggling because of the toll of this season? Sam, for this regular season, has taken an NFL worst 60 sacks. Rod Rivera on Tuesday afternoon on if the pounding that Sam has taken this season is at least part of why he's struggling. And, and that's, that's some of the concern. And that's some of the things that, you know, like I said, I, I had an opportunity. I'll work through some things with the coaches and we'll go through it and discuss all these, these different points that, um, that I have. Okay, so it does sound like Ron Rivera thinks that the Sam Howell who we have seen in recent weeks is a beaten down Sam, perhaps a mentally fried Sam. I don't think that that's necessarily wrong. We then on Tuesday afternoon got this exchange between Commander's Insider Michael Phillips of the Washington Times and Ron. With what you've seen from Sam, is there any reason to believe this is, you know, just a momentary regression, a long-term thing? Does it change how you feel about No in the next year into the future as an NFL guy? No, it doesn't. And, and, and he's got a very good body of work. I mean, you know, things have been, have, have gone, you know, relatively well early in the season and into the middle. But, you know, he has some, it's been tough the last couple of weeks. Uh, last few weeks have been tough on him. And, and, you know, he's, he's, he's taken a lot of snaps. You know, um, the length of the season obviously is probably wearing on him as well as, uh, the number of plays he's had and, and the number of hits he's had to absorb. So, you know, these are things and, like I said, these are points that, 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 that are all, you know, for, for, for discussion. You know, Ron Rivera noting the number of plays that Sam Howell has had this regular season is notable. Uh, Sam, for Pro Football Focus, is number one in the NFL in dropbacks this regular season at 651, although... Uh, he, for this regular season, is no longer number one in the NFL in pass attempts. He's number two at 557. Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes is number one at 568. But we, during Ron Rivera's press conference on Tuesday afternoon, got this exchange between Commander's Insider Sam Fortier of the Washington Post and Ron. How much, if at all, do you think where Sam's at now is due to you know loading him up as much as you guys did earlier in the season, you know dropping dropping back as much as as uh, he did? Well, I, th- I think it's not as much as that, as much as just the results of 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 what's gone on. I mean, this has been hard. This hasn't been simple. We haven't played as well as we would like to. We thought we could have played better, but you know, like I said, um, really right around Dallas. Is is really been uh, a real tough stretch, especially based on who we've played. 
And the Commanders' final three games this season are against great defenses. Uh, The Jets, for this regular season through Week 15, were number three in the NFL in total defense per DVOA. And you look at the Commanders' final two games this season, home to the San Francisco 49ers this Sunday afternoon, New Year's Eve afternoon at 1, and home to the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday, January 7th. The Niners for this regular season are number four in the NFL in total defense per DVOA. The Cowboys for this regular season are number six in the NFL in total defense per DVOA. I for months have said that I wanted Sam Howell as the commander's QB1 for the entirety of this season. If he plays well, great. The commanders may have their franchise quarterback. If he doesn't play well, Uh, Well, that could also be great because then the commanders could have a super high pick in the 2024 NFL draft. Uh, Well, right now, the latter scenario is happening. We have two weeks left in this regular season. The commanders, as of now, have the number three overall pick in the 2024 draft and moving up to number two is in play. So I do not want Sam to be benched, but I do acknowledge two things. A, He right now is playing really poorly, okay? There is no disputing that. And B, I do think that it's possible that for the good of the development of Sam, him sitting for at least a game might do him some good. I'm very pleased to welcome to the Al Galdi podcast, Commander's Insider Ben Standig of The Athletic. Uh, Ben and I, this Commander season, have our arrangement, our alliance, uh, by which we are appearing on each other's podcast. Ben does an awesome job of covering the Commanders. He's the host of the Standig Room Only podcast. You can follow him on X at Ben Standig. And Ben, during Ron Rivera's postgame press conference on Sunday afternoon, asked a question that prompted appreciation from Ron. Take a listen. Uh, the start of the game probably couldn't have gone much worse. No, it uh, couldn't have been any worse. It really couldn't have been. You're absolutely right. It, it was about as bad as it could have been. To go from that to how the game finished, I don't mean the kick, of course, but the way you guys were able to rally. Yep. I guess what does that just say about the the grit. It really does. Uh, I love the question. I really do. It, it's about the grit, the heart that those guys have in that room. They're going to fight for each other. They're going to play for each other. I told you guys last week it's about being a professional, and that's what these young men showed, that they are professionals. They're not going to quit. They're not going to roll over, and they're not going to die. I couldn't be more proud of a group of young men than, than the guys that came out, especially in the second half, and fought and played and gave it everything they have. You know, they, 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 they have pride. They have grit. That's probably the best thing you can say about those young men. <laughs> All right, Ben, my friend, happy holidays. Ron Rivera appreciated your question on Sunday afternoon. Ron likes you. I've always thought that. Uh, he didn't get you a Christmas present, too, did he? No, no Christmas presents. Uh, didn't even, no card. No, 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 nothing. Um, a little, little coal in the stocking just because we didn't get the uh, definitive answer on uh, who's starting this week yet. But uh, no, uh, it was funny, you know, uh, I took that as all the questions up to that point, or like the fourth or fifth person to ask one, the, all the questions at that point were about, hey, why'd you bench Sam Howell? You guys lost again. And I was like, all right, I don't really know what to ask. I was like, all right, well, your start couldn't have been worse, and yet there you guys were at the end of the game. What does that say about the team? And, you know, sure. I mean, I think there's, as much as I can get a little callous about the situation, obviously these guys are playing hard. I know people act like they're tanking or quitting, and I don't see that. And the ending proved that, so. 
I agree with you on that. Uh, all right. So we on Tuesday did not get an official decision on who the commander starting quarterback for this Sunday afternoon against the 49ers will be. We on Wednesday expect the announcement of a decision. I put it that way because to me, Ron Rivera already has decided to bench Sam Howell in favor of Jacoby Brissett. Is that how you see things? Or do you think that there is a strong possibility that Ron isn't benching Sam? So I'm of two minds on this. Um, you know, I've been preaching all year. I think starting with that Buffalo game in week three, when he throws, what, four picks, they get destroyed. And it was already, okay, let's bench the kid, you know, not ready yet. And I think I wrote a column that that following week, something like, no, 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 no. You've already gone, you've already said back in January that he's going to be the QB1 entering the offseason. You gave him all the reps in training camp, basically, with the starters. You can't bail on this in week three, and frankly, right or week four, and frankly, you shouldn't because not only is it about whether he's good enough to be your starter, it's about getting out of the league's middle. And uh, you go to back to Brissett, well, I mean, sure, your chances of winning more games increase because he's got a higher floor than Hal, but probably seeing a team that's going to be back in that seven to eight win range. Um so that's why I've been like, no, stay with Hal. Even after the Rams benching, I, I wrote something like, hey, I get it. It's not working right now, but stay with Hal. That said, now, the last two games have been pretty atrocious. I think you know, his, his QB rating was like 1.7. And I think I saw that the next lowest QB rating for any starter this year was like 20. So, like, really a dismal performance. And then, of course, Percent comes in for the second game in a row and just gets nothing but touchdowns. So the question is, do they think Hal is so broken at this point that putting him out there is not good for anybody involved? Or do they think, hey, we need to see this through, not for any, like, because they owe many favors, but because it makes sense for the organization. Let him work through these issues. And frankly, if I'm Josh Harris, not only do I want that I, for more data, but also, like, if Brissett's going to give you the better chance to win, and not that saying they're going to beat San Fran or Dallas, what are they, a 13-and-a-half-point underdog against San Fran? Um, but I, I, I don't want them winning if I'm Josh Harris at this point. So that's where I'm sort of torn. I think I would probably stay with Hal, but, boy, I could understand if Ron's like, man, I can't go, especially against the team they're playing. I know the 49ers were uh, not good Monday night against the Ravens, but they're still arguably the best team in the league. So that would be really tough possibly if Hal's going to go up against them. So I would probably stay with Hal, but I could see him kind of going either way. To your point about Sam Howell coming off as being so broken, I do think that there's at least some merit to the idea that continuing to start Sam will lead to lasting damage for Sam as an NFL quarterback. Like, I want the commanders to stick with Sam as a starting quarterback, but he right now is coming across like a physically exhausted, mentally drained quarterback. Well, you know, when the, when all the sacks were happening early on, you know, the nine against Buffalo, and then it just kind of kept going, um, you know, the David Carr comparison started happening. I tried to get David Carr to talk to me because I was writing at that point something about Sam Howell sacks, couldn't get it done. So here we are. I think the thing that struck that I was worrying about the most the last two games, frankly, is that by the numbers, uh, the Rams uh, nor the uh, Jets – were like hitting him a lot. Like he only the Rams had one sack. I don't remember what the Jets finished with, but it wasn't it was one also. It wasn't like some crazy number. 
but like there he was, you know, he's getting a little bit of a clean pocket, but then he's holding onto the ball. He started running a lot. He threw the ball. I think in the first half, he had as many throwaways as he did completions. And that was like, oh, is he starting to see ghosts? Is he starting to hear footsteps? And that's understandable, right? Because of all the punishment he's taken. If that's the case, then yeah, maybe he needs to sit for his own well-being. Because even though it's good to see, can he get out of this on his own right now? Or you know, not on his own, but you know, can he get out of this? Uh, maybe it's possible there is too much damage going on. When they look at the tape, are they seeing a guy who is you know hearing things, seeing things that aren't there? And uh, I do think that's a, a legit concern. And you know, if that's the case, then you know the way he's been used this year in that regard, um, you know, we're going to look back on somewhat questionably if he isn't, I don't say broken, but you know, if he is in fact, you know, too worried about getting hit again, which I don't want to get hit, let alone uh, as many times as he had this year. Do you think that commander's players have a preference for who the team's starting quarterback is? It's a good question. I I, I was asking uh, just to talk to Fred Smoot for my podcast and I, Brought this up, I'm like, okay, Fred, uh, he's largely on the path where I was just on about letting Hal play through his struggles. But I was like, Fred, we hear all the time, play, you got to think about the other guys on the roster too, you know, and you see what Percent just did last two games. So is it fair to the other players? And he was like, well, first of all, they don't count. They don't matter in this scenario. They're going to go out doing what they do. They're not, you know, you don't, you can't factor in that. Just, do what you think makes the most sense. But in terms of whether the players would want that, I don't know. I mean, sure, Brissett's giving you a better opportunity, but I don't I don't even know if it would matter. I mean, look, I think they've got, I think they respect what Sam Howell has done this year. I think he's still largely exceeded expectations. Um, and he's taken a beating and he keeps going. I mean, you know, this is a year when like, I don't know how many starting quarterbacks have been hurt or missed time. But he keeps going, and despite getting hit as much as anybody in the league. So I would imagine there's a lot of admiration for what he's done, and, you know, everybody wants to win. They were really excited on the sideline Sunday when they took the lead. But I, 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 I don't know. I would hope there would be enough people who logically understand that Jacoby doing anything probably doesn't mean much versus Sam, bigger picture, is a bigger, you know, is a bigger deal. Much more with Ben Standing in moments. I'm going to next ask him about the role of commander's assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy in who the team's starting quarterback for this Sunday afternoon against the 49ers is. Well, hopefully one day the commander's quarterback situation is as great as the work of Nova Fireplace and Stove. If your home needs fireplace, stove, or chimney work and you live in Northern Virginia, get with Nova Fireplace and Stove. Nova Fireplace and Stove is outstanding. It handles gas fireplace sales service and installation, handles gas, electric, and wood stoves, and handles chimney cleaning and repair. If you live in Northern Virginia, stay warm and upgrade the feel and value of your home with Nova Fireplace and Stove. Call Nova Fireplace and Stove at 571-513-3803. Mention that Al Galdi sent you and receive $1,000 off select in-stock gas inserts and $1,000 off select in-stock wood inserts. Offer good while supplies last, but this is a tremendous deal. Nova 
fireplace and stove. It has been around for more than 20 years. It is run by big-time Commanders fans, my guys, Stu and Dan. And Nova Fireplace and Stove has outstanding professionals. Whatever the work that you need done requires, Nova Fireplace and Stove has. Master gas fitter, master electrician, class A contractor, licensed chimney inspector. And because of this, Nova Fireplace and Stove can complete your project without the need For any subcontractors and Nova Fireplace and Stove can pull all of the necessary county permits for the work that is being done. Additionally, Nova Fireplace and Stove can perform fireplace and chimney safety inspections. See for yourself the work that Nova Fireplace and Stove can do. It has a showroom at Woodbridge, Virginia and has a terrific website, Nova Fireplace and Stove. Dot com and take advantage of the great deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Call Nova Fireplace and Stove at 571-513-3803. Mention that Al Galdi sent you and receive $1,000 off select in-stock gas inserts and $1,000 off select in-stock wood inserts. Join the Nova Fireplace and Stove family and experience the fireplace service and care that you deserve. Call 571-513-3803 and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. More now with Commander's Insider Ben Standing of The Athletic. Uh, Eric Bieniemy, in his pre-practice press conference last Thursday afternoon said that the decision to bench Sam Howell in the 28-20 loss at the Los Angeles Rams on December 17th came from Ron Rivera. Do you buy that And whose decision will be whoever is the team starting quarterback for this game against the 49ers? I I buy it. I mean, as much as we have said and accurately that um, the enemy has been given the keys to the offense, I mean, the head coach has still got responsibilities. You know, fourth down, Ron's making that decision. He's just letting Eric decide essentially – the plays and obviously the the in game rotations or things you know presumably is about what the enemy wants to do, but the starting quarterback is beyond just like who's starting a left guard. You know, there's a lot more that goes into that. So yeah, I do I do buy that. I mean, if you said, hey, who who do you think the enemy would want to start? Uh, that may be a little more interesting, right? Because uh, I, I I was saying to somebody yesterday uh, on uh, on Monday watching the Chiefs struggle on offense. And then right after Brissett playing playing well in relief, they're like, hey, but this is a pretty good 24 hours for Eric Bieniemy, right? Because it looks like, and obviously Brissett's not going to be nearly that good uh, game over game, but hey, he comes in. Weird things happen when backups come in as well, so who knows? But like, hey, the offense showed life two weeks in a row when the veteran came in, and then obviously Kansas City struggling. I don't really put any stock into it because Bieniemy's not there, but just saying, if you want to you know, hype that up, you probably could. Um so I would imagine the enemy might be like, hey, uh, you know, could I could I get could, could we go with Brissett? But I, I and they very may well. I, I really you know pretty, normally I have a pretty feel good feel for what I think could happen or should. I I don't this time because again it's a lot about Sam Howell's psychology right now as much as anything else. Yeah, and you know I think there's a feeling, and I know I kind of have it of does it even matter anymore? <laughs> you know there are two games left in the Commander season. So many of us as fans of the team, myself included, just want them to lose these final two games. I don't know. It's hard to get fully invested in this, even though like, I do recognize it is significant who the starting quarterback is. But I wonder if there's that element in all of this of just, does it even matter anymore with how bad this team is? Oh, my God. I mean, I could not agree with you more. It has been, I don't know, I I think I'm... 
I, I think physically I'm wearing down. <laughs> going on, to be really honest. Um, and I think part of it is a lot of travels here, a lot of West Coast trips, all that stuff. But I think part of it is, you know, it's been a long time, I think, since they, for me, since they lost either to Seattle or definitively when they lost to Tommy DeVito and the Giants, that this season to me, was it was all about 2024. That is a long way to go from that point. We still have two games left to, to get to the finish line, and it has been a struggle this whole time to figure out what is interesting to write, both for myself, but also obviously for the subscribers to the athletic and it's um it's been tough uh, and so yeah i i agree i don't really have that much like passion for this I, I will say this that in the press box you know they're down you know what was it 27 7 all right uh and then Brissett comes in and then he starts doing Brissett things and i was like oh my god are they gonna blow this are, they're not gonna win are they and like i felt like I, not like i was getting emotionally invested like i'm gonna lose my mind or whatever or, or you know but like I was like, oh my god, they're gonna blow this! This is such a disaster. It would be like a double disaster. You may have blow- you may have realized that Sam Howell's not that guy, and you're dropping in the first round simultaneously. Oh my god, it'd be a disaster. So that's where I'm at. Like the, the, it's all about the draft pick for me at this point. And you know, again, I get it. No draft picks are, gu- are not guaranteed to do squat. It's just about the opportunity, the opportunity to take somebody you want higher than other teams, to trade down, whatever. That is much more important to me than whatever's going to happen the rest of the season. Um, But it has been a journey to get here. Well, regarding 2024, uh, you have been working on a piece on general manager candidates for the commanders, given the uh, near certainty that managing partner Josh Harris is going to fire Ron Rivera and many others once the team season ends. What are you hearing in terms of who will be running commanders football operations beyond this season? Yeah, I mean, in terms of like what he's his hopes and dreams are, I mean, that's been at least you know from my um, reporting is still you know under lock and key. I don't think I'm not getting a ton of like people to think, oh, he's definitely doing this. Other than like, I think we all can see there's probably going to be some sort of an analytics bent with any kind of new hires to some degree. Maybe not necessarily the GM per se, but like, you know, the whatever's going to happen, will have that kind of bent far more than what's been going on here for the last few years. Um, I think for me, it's been more right now about trying to, you know, I try not to just put out a basic list of, Hey, here are 12 names to look at. Now, if you read what I'm going to probably have out in the next day or so, it may read like that to an extent, uh, because it's not like you get a lot of people talk on the record about anything at, at this stage, even people who are interested in the job or, you know, people are connected to people who might be interested or whatever, you know, they've got to you know, protect them, protect them, their clients themselves, whatever. So there's all that, but it is trying to get a feel for what is out there. What's sort of the league view of, of different candidates, how attractive do they think do they find Washington's job, things like that. And also, you know, we don't still don't know all the teams are going to be open, right? I mean, the Raiders and the Chargers right now, but the Raiders have an interim GM and this guy, uh, Camp Kelly, and obviously they've been playing better. And Not that the GM has anything to do with it necessarily at this point, but, you know, maybe he stays. Um, do, you, do people like the Chargers job? You have Dustin Herbert, but there was a lot of other questions about that roster and is the ownership willing to spend. Here, I think part of the concern is, you know, as much as we all talk about a new stadium and a new practice facility, it's not coming tomorrow. So you're still dealing with less than exciting terms while trying to now put on a new, you know, 
fix this thing, and, and that may or may not work for some people, but I think generally Harris is being viewed as pretty positive. And, um, you know, it's a pretty blank slate, as we know, with all the cap space. So there's a lot of positives, but I think that it's about trying to figure out kind of what to make of uh, of certain candidates and how people think of Washington. You mentioned analytics. Uh, we know that Josh Harris is big on analytics. Uh, we know that the commanders on October 26th announced the hiring of Eugene Shen to run Commanders Analytics. He is the team's senior vice president of football strategy. Uh, how big of a factor do you think that analytics will be in who Josh Harris has running the team's football operations beyond this season? Yeah, I, I mean, I think we probably all get too caught up in like, anal- it's, not, it's not analytics or bust. It's just more of, you know, coaches already have been doing analytics. It's just not necessarily in the sharp kind of way that we all look at on Twitter or social media or we see with the PFF or something like that. I mean, they're charting trends and all kinds of things already. This is just a way to sort of help it out. So I think as long as you have people who are open-minded uh, towards it, I, I read a story from, uh, I don't know, forget which outlet it was, but from a couple of years ago in Philadelphia about uh, Alec H- Hannaby, right, who is the uh, assistant GM for the Eagles. And it's like the Eagles have a lot of people that people – uh, the teams may look at. He's one of them. He's a like major analytics guy. This is how he got into the league. And he said that there's definitely more of a trend league-wide of people using it, but that the Eagles were a place from the start that really allowed that voice to enter the discussions. So I think it's almost as much about that. It doesn't like, you know, if you tell me to get some, you know, grunty NFL coach I don't think that's necessarily a problem as long as the person is open to hearing this discussion and not just sort of blowing it off. I mean, you know, what was it? The Detroit game back in 2021 when Rivera, I think he went for two at some point. It was sort of like, hey, why'd you go for two? And he's like, well, that's what the number said. I figured you guys would like that. I mean, he clearly, you know, had to be sort of pulled to this. I mean, one of the reasons David Tepper supposedly fired him from Carolina was the view that he wasn't far enough along that way. So, it doesn't have, and I know we're not necessarily talking about the coach, but the GM, but like, it doesn't necessarily have to be an all in. It just has to be an open conversation that you're willing to discuss and listen and think about it. Maybe for the GM, it needs to be more of that. But as the whole situation gets built, I don't know that like everybody has to be Daryl Morey. They just have to be, I would imagine, open to say, okay, this is a different way to look at it. Yeah, Philadelphia Eagles assistant general manager Alec Hallaby. Uh, he, to me, is a very intriguing general manager candidate for the Commanders. Uh, is it at least safe to say that the Commanders beyond this season will be going away from the coach-centric approach and will be going with the more traditional approach of general manager head coach? Um, I think so. You know, what's interesting about the coaching candidates, you know, obviously there could be all kinds of wild card people, right? But if you just look at like the standard list, like Ben Johnson is the guy that everybody's hyped for, the Detroit Lions offensive coordinator. You know, I'll say it again, just because somebody's a good coordinator, good at drawing up plays, does not mean he's good at being the leader of men and all that stuff. But let's just say you wanted Ben Johnson, and he's like, okay, I'll come and you'll give me all the money I want, but I also want that control. I want to have that final say. Well, then what do you do? You know, I, I, I think other than something like that, I would imagine it's the the GM and coach are separate and the GM first. That would be my best guess. Um, but, you know, like, do you think Dan Quinn, 
Cowboys defensive coordinator who was the head coach of Atlanta when they lost the Super Bowl. You think he's all that in a bag of chips? Well, you know, if he's like, all right, I'll come, but I want to, I want to bring, I want to bring in the GM. You can maybe give him control, but I want to decide who I'm working with, you know, as opposed to you deciding, you know, then that could be a, uh, maybe an issue for some people. But in general, I would imagine the GM is going to come first. Final question. Is it important that the commander's next head coach is an offensive minded head coach? I'll get to that just on the other thing. I think one other thing to keep an eye on is um, do they add a, some sort of like president or vice president of football ops that's sort of either equal to or above these uh, people? A lot of the candidates out there have that sort of administration background, and maybe they're not the ones going to making the trades or doing personnel, but they're overseeing it. Like Rob Rogers here is working alongside, but not you know not to the same degree. I have more. Um, a, 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 a stronger version of that, I guess. Um, in terms of that, I, th- I think I'm in the minority. I get it why people want the offensive guy, in part because if you have the offensive guy, then he's your coach and will stay when things are starting to succeed versus the way it goes now where these guys get poached all the time. But again, if you look at it beyond Ben Johnson, and I'm not, you know, not counting like a John Gruden or somebody who's out there that, you know, who, you know, who knows. Uh, but like, most of the bigger name, more qualified, more, or not qualified, but more, you know, hey, that guy would be a pretty good coach. I think you're on the defensive side. The, the offensive side, I don't know if there's a lot of the those guys. So I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I think right now this thing is just such in a state that you need to get somebody in there who's going to, you know, I hate to keep mentioning the culture word because it's been so overused for the last four years, but like somebody who's going to get in here and really sort of set the standard for what it means to be on this team going forward. And I don't think that has to be an offensive guy. And honestly, it may not even make – it may just be a defensive guy sort of by default by how they have to get their players going. So, no, I, I don't think that has to happen. And like I said, I think if you were to ask teams to rank the coaching candidates, I bet more in the top ten are on the defensive side in general. So, you, you can't just – pull from nothing you know you don't want to like you know like for example like the miami dolphins offensive coordinator just that i haven't tell you his name you're like oh that guy that that team's scoring a lot of points what about that guy well that guy doesn't call plays he's he's barely been a coordinator i think frank smith he's like it's it sounds great but he hasn't actually done it now again you never know right zach taylor wasn't called on plays when he was with the rams he's done a really good job with the bengals uh etc but that's that's the rub i think the more experienced candidates for the guys on the defensive side. The great Ben Standig, Commander's Insider for The Athletic, the host of the Standing Room Only podcast, the man who makes Ron Rivera happy during post-game press conferences. <laughs> uh, ben, thank you, and we'll talk next week. Al, happy new year to you and your uh, listeners. Thanks for having me on as always. All right, Ben Standig, he knows his stuff, talks to a lot of people around the NFL, and I'm sure that they all know, like we all know, how difficult and tedious dealing with insurance can be. And so if you own or run a company in Maryland, Virginia, or Washington, D.C., put BMC Insurance to work for you regarding insurance for your employees. BMC Insurance can assist you with designing and implementing group benefit plans for employees. These plans include group health, 
dental, vision, life, and disability insurance. Go to insurancebmc.com. You'll be put in touch with the owner and president, Matt Brooks, a big Commanders fan, a loyal listener of this podcast. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. BMC Insurance uses cost-effective technology platforms to help employers manage employee onboarding and open enrollment periods. BMC Insurance conducts open enrollment meetings with its clients' employees via Zoom, a pre-recorded webinar, or an in-person meeting. And BMC Insurance is run by people who develop relationships with the employees of its clients so that the employees go to BMC Insurance with insurance carrier claim or billing issues, not you the employer. You see, BMC Insurance takes the insurance burden off the employee and the employer so that the employee and the employer can focus on what they do for a living and not insurance. BMC Insurance advises on strategies regarding implementing new group benefit plans and implementing employer contributions to these group benefit plans. Also, BMC Insurance can assist those who do not get health and dental insurance from their employers in obtaining health and dental insurance from the Maryland Health Connection and DC Health Link. And BMC Insurance understands how federal tax credits available through the Maryland Health Connection and DC Health Link work and benefit those who are eligible. The federal open enrollment period for those purchasing health insurance for themselves runs now through January 15th. If you own or run a company in Maryland, Virginia, or Washington, D.C., there is a better way to do insurance. Let BMC Insurance take how you do insurance for your employees to an elite level for both them and you. Put BMC Insurance to work for you. Go to insurancebmc.com, talk to Matt Brooks, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. That's insurancebmc.com, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. If only there was the equivalent of AG1 for football operations. You drink AG1 and your team's football ops are in good shape. Well, at least there is AG1 for your health. Uh, Drinking AG1 helps me feel energized, focused, and healthy. AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. It's not always easy to know which supplements are good and which ones are not. AG1 is good. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition. AG1 has been continuously refining its formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. If you want to take ownership of your health, doing so starts with AG1. And here's a great deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. You can get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase of AG1. Just go to drinkag1.com slash Al Galdi. That's drink. AG, the number one, dot com, slash Al Galdi. Drink, AG1, dot com, slash Al Galdi. Drink, AG1, dot com, slash Al Galdi. All right, some non-quarterback commander's items for you of their 30-28 loss at the New York Jets on Sunday afternoon and head coach Rod Rivera's press conference on Tuesday afternoon. So the commanders on Tuesday afternoon did announce a roster move. They announced the signing of running back Jarrett Patterson 
to the practice squad. Yes, Jarrett Patterson is back. Uh, He had been gone from the team since it released him this past August 28th. The commanders on August 29th in their cut down to 53 kept three running backs on the team's initial 53-man roster for this season. Those three running backs, Brian Robinson Jr., Antonio Gibson, and Chris Rodriguez Jr. But, you know, also ahead of Jarrett Patterson in the commander's minds have been running backs Derek Gore and Jonathan Williams. So the commanders on August 29th did announce having released Derek Gore, but they the next day, August 30th, announced having signed Gore to their practice squad. And with Jonathan Williams, uh, it was on September 1st that we learned that the commanders had reached an injury settlement with him, but they on November 7th announced having signed him to the practice squad. So Brian Robinson Jr., Antonio Gibson, Chris Rodriguez Jr., Derek Gore, and Jonathan Williams all ahead of Jared Patterson. But the commanders are banged up at running back right now. Uh, Brian Robinson has been inactive for each of the team's last two games, this due to a hamstring injury that he suffered in the 45-15 loss to the Miami Dolphins at FedEx Field on December 3rd. Uh, Chris Rodriguez in the loss at the Jets played well, but got banged up. Uh, He, after the game, was seen with his right foot in a boot. And Jonathan Williams suffered a concussion in the 28-20 loss at the Los Angeles Rams on December 17th. Uh, Washington initially signed Jared Patterson in May 2021 as an undrafted rookie out of the University at Buffalo. He was a major standout in the 2021 preseason, and so he was one of three running backs kept by Washington in its cut down to 53 for the 2021 season. Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick were the other two. Uh, The commanders in their cut down to 53 for the 2022 season released Patterson, but they then signed him to their practice squad the day after releasing him. But Patterson for this season uh, was released and not brought back. Not brought back until now. And now he is back. Uh, The commanders offensive line, a lot of injuries with that right now. Uh, So the commanders for the loss at the Jets were without starting left tackle Charles Leno Jr. He was inactive due to a calf injury and were without starting center Tyler Larson. Uh, He was inactive due to a knee injury. The commander's starting offensive line for the game was Cornelius Lucas at left tackle. Sadiq Charles at left guard. He did replace Chris Paul as the starting left guard. Nick Gates at center. Samuel Cosme at right guard. And Andrew Wiley at at right tackle. Uh, Lucas, Charles, Gates, and Cosme each played on 100% of the commander's offensive snaps, but Andrew Wiley played on just 43% of the commander's offensive snaps due to an elbow injury. Uh, He was replaced by Trent Scott, who played on 57% of the commander's offensive snaps. Uh, Some playing time observations regarding the commander's defense in the loss at the Jets. Uh, This was another game in which the man who our team took with the number 16 overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft corner, Emmanuel Forbes Jr., did not play much. Uh, He played on just 32% of the commander's defensive snaps. And if not for corner Benjamin St. Juice suffering a concussion, Forbes almost certainly would have played a lot less. Uh, St. Juice played on 67% of the commander's defensive snaps. Uh, Emmanuel Forbes in that loss at the Rams returned from a two-game absence caused by an elbow injury, but he played on just 8% of the commander's defensive snaps, a total of just six defensive snaps. Uh, It is frightening. It is alarming. It is telling how little Forbes is playing this late in a lost season, especially with the head coach in the coach-centric approach, Ron Rivera, now serving as the defensive coordinator. In other words, the defense is being run by the guy who drafted 
Forbes. And yet even the guy who drafted Forbes isn't playing Forbes much this late in a lost season. Now, this was Ron Rivera on Tuesday afternoon on what he saw from Emmanuel Forbes in the loss at the Jets. And then you'll hear a follow-up exchange with Commander's Insider Sam Fortier of the Washington Post. Um, there are actually some some really good things that he had done. Um, you know, uh, he's been working really hard these last couple of weeks, been working on some things. We saw some real positive things on Friday um, that really, you know, we were, we're feeling pretty good about it. And then when he got the the opportunity to come in and play the way he did, um, there are some things that showed that he's starting to get a good feel for it, a better feel for it. He had a couple of mistakes still, some things that he can get ironed out most certainly, but he did play uh, fast, uh, a little more confident. Uh, you know, got around the ball, got around the uh, the uh, the um, the receivers, and, and and made some plays. It was good to see. Are you seeing the improvement in his eyes and his feet? Where where are you seeing that that growth? We're seeing a little bit more eye discipline, and and that's I think one of the biggest things for him. You know, because he's he's got the skill set. It's just a matter of putting it together. Um, you know, using the eyes uh, and putting them in the proper place. Okay, all of that is nice, but there's no way of looking at this rookie season for Emmanuel Forbes as anything other than a terrible rookie season. The poor play, the benching, the elbow injury, now this reduced play late in the season. Look, I'm not giving up on Emmanuel Forbes. Hopefully, the commander's coaching staff for next season can fix Forbes. But right now, the commander's taking him at 16 in the 2023 draft uh, does not look good. Uh, Also interesting was a guy who had been talked up some by Ron Rivera, edge defender Andre Jones Jr. being a healthy inactive for the loss at the Jets. So the commanders took Jones in the seventh round of the 2023 draft, uh, a 2020 seventh round pick for Washington edge defender James Smith-Williams. He was back. Uh, He played on 69% of the commander's defensive snaps in his return from a four-game absence caused by a hamstring injury. But the commanders had Andre Jones inactive. Well, the Wizards on Tuesday night began a stretch of four consecutive home games and a stretch of 15 of the team's next 22 games being at home. The Wizards have a lot of home games coming up this off the team, having played 18 of its first 28 games in this NBA regular season on the road. Uh, Well, the Wizards on Tuesday night began the stretch of home games with a loss, a 127-119 loss to the Orlando Magic at Capital One Arena. Our tanking Wizards in this NBA regular season now are 5-24, but that is the second worst record in the Eastern Conference because the Detroit Pistons now are 2-28 as they on Tuesday night set a new NBA record for longest losing streak in a single NBA regular season. 27 games, a 118-112 home loss to the Brooklyn Nets. The Wizards are 5-24. The Pistons are (laughs) 2-28. The NBA, fantastic. 
Uh, anyway, the Wizards in this loss to the Magic did not hold a lead over the second, third, and fourth quarters. Uh, the Wizards' defense, again, really bad. Uh, they allowed the Magic to score 127 points. The Wizards allowed the Magic to go 12-26 on threes. The Wizards allowed the Magic to score 70 points in the paint and go 35-60 in the paint. And the Wizards, for a third time in 12 games, got worked by Franz Wagner. Boy, do the Wizards have no answer for this guy. Uh, Wagner, in 38 minutes, 24 seconds as a starter, went 2 of 4 on threes, 8 of 13 on twos, and 6 of 8 on free throws. He finished with 28 points, 9 assists versus 2 turnovers, 8 rebounds, and a game-best plus-minus rating of plus 26. Now, offensively, the Wizards did shoot well, but they committed way too many turnovers. The Wizards went 16 of 42 on threes, 27 of 45 on twos, and 17 of 21 on free throws. But the Wizards committed 20 turnovers. Now, the Magic committed 16 turnovers, but the Wizards got outscored in terms of points off turnovers, 29 18. A rough game for Kyle Kuzma. He did leave the Wizards' previous game, the 129-118 loss at the Golden State Warriors uh, late night on Friday night due to right knee soreness. So how much he in this loss to the Magic was hurting is hard to say, but Kuzma in 35 minutes, 52 seconds as a starter went just 6 of 18 from the field, 2 of 8 on threes, 4 of 10 on twos, and he committed 6 turnovers. He did go 3 of 3 on free throws and uh, did also finish with 17 points, 6 assists, 4 rebounds, and a team best plus minus rating of plus 8. Jordan Poole had a very good game offensively. Uh, His defense is another conversation, but Poole in 32 minutes, 51 seconds as a starter went 6 of 11 on threes, 5 of 9 on twos, and 2 of 2 on free throws. He finished with 30 points, 3 steals, and 3 assists versus 3 turnovers, but he also had a game worst plus minus rating of minus 18. Uh, Tyus Jones continues his his recent good play. He in 33 minutes, 33 seconds as a starter went four of six on threes, four of seven on twos, and two of two on free throws. He finished with 22 points, six assists versus two turnovers and six rebounds. Daniel Gafford had a nice game, 31 minutes, 48 seconds as a starter, six of seven from the field, all twos, one of two on free throws. He finished with 13 points, 13 rebounds, including six offensive boards, three blocks, two steals, and three assists versus three turnovers. And Corey Kispert in 19 minutes, 18 seconds off the bench, three of five on threes, three of three on twos. He finished with 15 points and four rebounds. Uh, Also, DeLon Wright was back. He returned from a 20-game absence caused by a left knee sprain. He played for 13 minutes, 27 seconds off the bench. Uh, Also back, in terms of being available, uh, was Johnny Davis. He was back from a nine-game absence caused by a left calf strain, but uh, he was a DNP CD. Did not play due to coach's decision. Uh, The Wizards of course, it took Johnny Davis with the number 10 overall pick in the 2022 NBA draft. Uh, what a brutal <laughs> pick that was, at least right now. Maybe at some point, Johnny Davis catches fire, but right now, that looks like a hideous pick. Next up for the Wizards, home to the Toronto Raptors, Wednesday night at 7.
All right, and we move now to college football, a Goldilocks preview and pick for Virginia Tech's bowl game. We have the Hokies versus Tulane in the Military Bowl at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland on Wednesday afternoon at 2. Tech per Crab Sports, minus 10 and a half. A very big line for a bowl game and we have this line, despite the Hokies for this season being 6-6 six and six overall, including 5-3 and three in the ACC, and the green wave of Tulane for this season being 11-2 and two overall, including 8-0 and oh in the American Athletic Conference. So why the heck is Virginia Tech a sizable favorite over Tulane? Well, Tulane has been ravaged by players opting out of this game and or entering the NCAA transfer portal. A uh, principal among those players is Tulane starting quarterback Michael Pratt, who is turning pro. But Tulane for this military bowl also will not have guard Prince Pines, receiver Jaquan Jackson, first team all AAC edge defender Darius Hodges, and first team all AAC cornerback Jarius Monroe. All of those guys, like the quarterback Michael Pratt, are skipping the military bowl to prepare for the NFL draft. And also gone for Tulane are the team's leading receiver, Chris Brazel II, starting safety DJ Douglas, backup defensive back Kentrell Webb, and special teams ace Keeland Harrison, as all of these guys have entered the NCAA transfer portal. Uh, By the way, Chris Brazel II is the son of former Dallas Cowboys receiver Chris Brazel. But this Tulane team is a shell of what it was. Now, the Hokies will be without some key players, too. Uh, Tight end Daquan Wright has entered the NCAA transfer portal, and he will not play in the military bowl. Uh, Safeties Jalen Stroman and Nasir Peoples are done for the season due to surgery. But Tech will be a lot closer to its true self than Tulane will be. Uh, The Hokies did not become bowl eligible for this season until winning their final regular season game, a 55-17 win at Virginia on November 25th. Tech for the 2022 season was not bowl eligible for a season for the first time since the 1992 season. Uh, So the Hokies are back to playing in a bowl game. They this season have gone from one and three to six and six, have won five of their last eight games due to beating up on bad teams. Uh, Tulane at this point would seem to qualify as a bad team given all of these absences. And so give me Virginia Tech minus 10 and a half. Make money, money, make money, money, money. Thank you, Snoop Dogg. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Thursday show, episode 729. We'll provide you with more on the commanders as we will discuss the decision on who the commander's starting quarterback will be for their next game, for which the commanders on Wednesday are beginning their practice week. Commanders versus the San Francisco 49ers at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 1. Also on Thursday show, I'll talk Capitals, Wizards, Virginia Tech football and Virginia basketball. The Caps are at the New York Rangers Wednesday night at 7. The Wizards are home to the Toronto Raptors Wednesday night at 7. Virginia Tech football has its bowl game as we have the Hokies versus Tulane in the Military Bowl at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland on Wednesday afternoon at 2. And Virginia basketball is home to Morgan State Wednesday night at 7. Have a great rest of your Wednesday and I'll talk to you on Thursday. 
the start of the game probably couldn't have gone much worse. No, it uh, couldn't have been any worse. It really couldn't have been. You're absolutely right. It, it was about as bad as it could have been. To go from that to how the game finished, I don't mean the kick, of course, but the way you guys were able to rally, yep. I guess what does that just say about the... The, the grit. It really does. Uh, I love the question. I really do. It, it's about the grit, the heart that those guys have in that room. They're going to fight for each other. They're going to play for each other.